Welcome campers, and thanks for choosing Camp Grindhouse Syndicate, where you have a 43% chance of being murdered by a fellow camper or a staff member. And may I remind you, that's one of the highest rates in the country. We have many fun activities planned ahead, including swimming, hiking, and running for your life. I am Counselor Chris, and this is my co-counselor Jordan. And if you need any help getting settled into your cabins, don't bother, because we will be too busy drinking alcohol, doing drugs, and fornicating. And today, we are covering 1983's Sleepaway Camp. Good shit. Yeah. I like it. So, I'm excited about this episode because you had never seen this movie. I had not. Yeah, first time for you, probably like the uh, fourth time for me. I haven't, I haven't, you know, watched it a ton of times, but... How many times before the episode, though? Uh, one and a half times. One and a half times. Yeah, maybe. Had yeah. to cut it off at one time? It just got too scary? Uh, well, you know, I've seen parts of it many times, but I had never seen the whole entire movie until like a year and a half ago. I think I caught it on like Shutter or something like a year and a half ago. Well, you definitely have to catch the whole movie for this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one is known for its twist ending. It's not the greatest uh, film, but it has a great ending. And I think that's what gives it its status. So it keeps it alive. But first, we'll get into a little bit of news. We got a little bit of stuff to talk about. Uh, A24's Talk to Me has doubled its projected opening weekend earnings, raking in a cool $10 million, taking the number five spot in the top 10. The budget was only $15 million, so it almost made back its budget in the first weekend. Nice. Yeah, uh, I just actually seen yesterday that it got, uh, I think, a prequel. I don't, I can't remember if it's a sequel, but I think it's a prequel was greenlit for it, so... Yeah, we got to check that out. Yep. Uh, So Radio Silence has decided not to do Scream 7. They are currently working on an unnamed monster movie, and Spyglass and Paramount have officially decided to go with director Christopher Landon, who did Happy Death Day 1 and 2, Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, and Freaky. Yikes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yikes. Uh, yeah. Not a, in a good way. See your opinion on that. That's that's not great. Not a big fan of any of those movies that he did. Um, They're not horrible movies, but they're definitely not on par with what a Scream movie should be. No. You would like Radio Silence to come back? I, yeah, I would. Mm. Although they let everybody fucking live. Um, in the last one, yes, I would much rather. Well, the last one was really good. So. Well, you know, I'd heard a lot of stuff about Radio Silence uh, not wanting to do the Scream 7 because, you know, they didn't want to do it so fast. They didn't have a good idea already lined up. And they was, you know, hey, we'll we'll do, do another movie or two and think of, you know, a, a good idea while we're doing that. And I thought that was a good idea. You know, like, get, give it some time, come up with something good and spend buy glass and paramount said fuck that <laughs> yeah no i completely agree with their reasonings that's how you make a shitty movie uh green lighting a movie before there's even a script instead of having a movie around a good script so i don't i don't blame them at all there but uh the replacement choice yeah we'll see you know uh, I'll, I'll keep an open mind 
Yeah, so uh, moving on, we officially have a confirmation from the studio on Final Destination 6, which is fantastic because those Final Destination 6 movie posters have been floating around for five years. (laughs) That, you know, movies coming out and, you know, whatever year that was. And, uh, you know, every time they said like movies that are horror movies that are going to be coming out this year, Final Destination 6 poster was always in there and it was never true. It was always like a fan made Photoshop poster. But now we actually have a confirmation on Final Destination 6. We actually even got some directors already in line for it. We also have a confirmation for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark 2. It is still alive and it is in development. Uh, a script has been made. Dan and Kevin uh, Hegman is uh, writing the script again. So that's, t- that's two pieces of good news. Yeah. So I guess um, COVID kind of messed up it originally, and then they ended up doing an- another movie or two. The studio wanted them to do, but they did want to come out and tell everybody, "Hey, it's it's still happening." It's still happening. We're writing it. It's we got the the original director is going to do it. So, and there's another thing I didn't I almost didn't put it in there, but it's been going around a lot this week. There is no um, Nightmare on Elm Street movie happening. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it's everywhere. So, and I looked into it. Um, so there's two different rumors going around. One is that Blumhouse has been secretly working on one. And the other is that Mike Flanagan is doing one Mm -hmm. and neither one of those are true. And what is true is that the Nightmare on Elm Street rights were basically given back to Wes Craven's relatives and they are willing to sell them for a movie. But for one, the price is so expensive that it's really not worth making a movie from what I understand. Uh, I guess Blumhouse is interested in it, but it's just extremely expensive. And apparently it's so expensive that it is way out of Blumhouse's budget. I hope they keep that price high because unless Robert England is coming back for that. Yeah, that's, well, that's a tough one. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to see another one of the remakes. Yeah, part of the rumors too is that he, you know, he has agreed to come back as Freddy one more time. Also, not true. He has stated many times that he's done. I mean, he's like, oh, I think he's almost seventy years old. Well, with with the, I will say, if they ever did go down that road with the CGI and the way they can do faces now, he could have a very uh, minimal shots for it and then use you know people for stunts and they can cgi i mean if they can bring luke skywalker back sure they could put robert england in it and him do the voice and the the personality but uh without him i i I do not want to see another one of those without him yeah it doesn't really sound like he's super interested in doing it but so the mike flanagan rumor uh All that comes from is that he stated that he would be interested in doing one. And that has snowballed into he's doing one. He has never made any attempt to get the rights. He has never wrote a story. He's never talked to anybody about it. He says, basically, 
One of my dream movies that I would love to make is A Nightmare on Elm Street. He, he made that statement in one interview, I think like a year ago. And people have, I just seen a, like somebody made a poster today and said, you know, Mike Flanagan's Nightmare on Elm Street's officially on the way. No, no, it's not. I uh, hate when people do that. Yeah. Like it, fan-made art and stuff, that's awesome. But don't, don't get everybody's hopes up or down for that matter on something that would be really tough for me because I do not want to see one without Robert England, but everything Mike Flanagan does is really good normally. So, uh, I would be kind of stretched in between that. Yeah. I think the next big project he's talking about doing is, uh, the Stephen King, the, the dark tower series. I think that that is, Next on the next big thing on his plate, because he is uh, about to release his last movie for his uh, contractual obligation with Netflix. So he's about to leave Netflix officially. And I think that his next thing is going to be the Dark Tower stuff. So now that that I will be excited for. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, the Dark Tower stuff's not horror. So, I mean, it's one of those. It's Stephen King's probably is. It's probably like some of his biggest stuff is the Dark Tower stuff, but it's definitely, I don't know. I think it's, I think it falls more under fantasy, actually. I think the way he writes, yeah, I think it'll be he's phenomenal. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be good. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there because that has been a, uh, I keep seeing it everywhere this week. And uh, I looked into it really hard because I love Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, absolutely no, no fact to it at all, but it is for sale. If somebody wants to spend that kind of money on it. Yeah. Who, who, um, just hit that lottery. Yeah. You want to make one. Yeah. Now's your, now's your opportunity. Yeah. And I'll throw in there, uh, an honorable mention that I wanted to throw in there is I did recently watch, uh, the movie on shutter Mandy, which is a Nicolas Cage action horror film. It is a beautiful movie. It is fantastic. And uh, every now and then I like to throw in a movie that I would. It's not a you know super, super big budget movie, well-known movie, but uh, watch it. Definitely watch it. All right. So you got anything? Uh, yeah, actually, I seen uh, I think it was today they announced the uh, 13 Ghosts series that they're doing. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, well, I know that people have, that has been something that people have talked about I've, for I've seen it so long. Multiple sources. Yeah, I guess so. They're finally going to, they're finally going to do it. According to the multiple sources yeah. I've seen. I don't know. Do you have some inside information on that? No, I didn't look into it because, you know, I won't get into it too much, but, uh, I used to love 13 ghosts and, now I have rewatched it a few times and I feel differently about it. So yeah, yeah we we've had this conversation actually not yeah. that long ago. Um, it's, it's one of those movies that you always thinks awesome because you watched it growing up and it was just one of those movies. And then you go back as an adult and you're like, wow, this, this movie, this movie sucks. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. hey, the characters, the ghost, the 13 ghosts in that movie, I will say, Oh, that's phenomenal. It's almost worth a watch just just based off of the Jackal and the Juggernaut. 
Well, if they do the show the way everyone's always wanted it, where it focuses on the lives of the ghosts, that would be great. What, you know, if they're going to do that, I don't know, because I mean, that would only allow them to have what, 12 episodes. So, yeah, I mean, there's a kind of short lived show, but if they do that, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. But yeah, um, I'll watch it. I'll give it a watch. Yeah. So I'm looking it up there. It looks like, um, it looks like it's reportedly in the works keyword reportedly, but there's a lot of different articles as of today coming out on that being announced. Does it say who's doing it? No, the lottery winner. It must be the lottery winner. I'm sure if I got into this, uh, it it might mention. I bet you the 13 13 ghost rights are way cheaper than the nightmare on Elm street rights. Being pitched by Sony Pictures Television, according to Dread Central. Okay. The guy who won the lottery may may have bought Sony Pictures all all together. Are you ready to jump into this movie? It it's been a week actually since we watched this movie. We were like super late on recording, and uh, we've had to avoid having conversation about this movie mostly the end and kind of been waiting to dig into this for a while yeah yeah let's go camping yep time to go camping all right so sleepaway camp is an american slasher film written and directed by robert hilzik it is starring florissa rose kathleen cammy paul d'angelo mike kellen and christopher collette The story focuses on a series of murders occurring in a youth summer camp. Ah, Wow, that's original. Well, you know, the movie was, you know, everyone says like a ripoff of Friday the 13th, but I would beg to differ a little bit. Well, I would disagree with your begging to differ. Yeah, Um, It's at a camp. Okay. It's a slasher, and it's from the perspective of the killer. Which is total f- original Friday the 13th. Like, yeah. it's a whodunit. Yeah, but for one, it has all the kids there. It's not just the counselors. The counselors aren't, like, drinking and doing drugs. Like, the counselors are actually, besides Meg, pretty good. They're all pretty pretty responsible, good counselors. Would other counselors suck? I, I'm, I'm not going to comment. I'm just going to say that if I had to put my money somewhere, I would say that Friday the 13th, the success of Friday the 13th, heavily influenced the way this movie was written and it being made altogether. Oh, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's not like they copied and pasted the, the plot of Friday the 13th. No, but one thing that made Friday the 13th kind of as awesome as it was, as it was from the perspective of the killer, which hadn't been done very much at that point. And it's at, it's at a fucking camp from the perspective of a killer. Well, I think it's different enough for it to exist. I'm glad that it is. it, it was made. Hey, I mean, you can, I, you I like can rip off of stuff and they'd be great movies. You know, there's, there's, there's probably many other examples of ripoffs that were fantastic. Hey, Friday the 13th was the whole name uh, was a ripoff of Halloween. 
They've yeah. seen the success of that, and that's that's straight from Sean Cunningham. Yeah, they're very. Those are very different movies too, though. I mean, I mean, I guess overall, yeah. I mean, they're they're kind of ripoffs of of you know ripoff of ripoff. It just keeps going down the line, but you know, I still think that yeah, it's out of camp. But I I think it's different enough to where I wouldn't rag on it for being what it is. It and it and it gets this movie gets gets ragged on for being such a big ripoff of Friday the thirteenth. But yeah, so it was filmed in upstate New York in the fall of nineteen eighty two and it was released in nineteen eighty three. It had a budget of three hundred and fifty thousand dollars and a box office of eleven million. It was met by mostly unfavorable reviews from critics who deemed it a cheap ripoff of Friday the 13th. <laughs> wow. Big surprise. Yeah. Since then, it has developed a cult following amongst horror fans and widely known for its twist ending, which is considered one of the most shocking in the horror genre. It has spawned four sequels, with the latest being released in 2012. So yeah, still still dropping sequels up until, you know, I would say recently, but I guess 2012 is not really recent anymore. Feels recent, but it's not. It was filmed in Argyle, New York, near Summit Lake at a former summer camp. Screenwriter and director Robert Hilzik has said that he actually attended the camp where filming took place as a child. The cast is mostly made up of actual adolescent actors instead of casting adults to play the younger characters. Yeah, that's one thing you can actually tell. Yeah. That sets most movies apart is these are actually kids. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. I agree. That was one thing that stood out that I really liked. Like, hey, some some young teenagers and kids that actually look like fucking young teenagers and kids. They don't look like they're 35. Yeah. So uh, the ratings, Rotten Tomatoes, it got an 81%. Which is surprising. Yeah. <laughs> IMDb, it got a 6.2 out of 10, and Letterboxd gave it a 2.8 out of 5 stars. Really? Wow, that Rotten really, Tomatoes is really that, that threw me off right really, there. You're really surprised about that. That is. And, you know, I, I would think the Letterboxd would be a little higher for kind of how, how much of a cult classic this movie is. Yeah, it seems like people are kind of all over the place on this one. Yeah. It's like I love or hate. So in the year of 1975, John Baker and his boyfriend Lenny take John's children, Angela and Peter, on a boat trip. The boat accidentally capsizes and John and the children are left to swim ashore. You know, during this part, you know, I thought the little girl was going to de-pants her dad at first. Because <laughs> she gets behind <laughs> him and she like puts her hand on his hips. And I'm like, is she going to yank his shorts down? She's going to fucking pants yeah. him right there. Yeah, that's what that's what it looks like is going to happen. And I'm like, well, you know, this was in the early 80s. So I could see that being like, oh, that's not a big deal thing back then. But but yeah, so they accidentally swim into the path of some dumbass teenagers who don't see John and the children in the water. They are struck by the boat. John and one of the children are killed. They die in the lake. They do. Oh, they're dead. Kind of sounds like another movie where somebody died in the lake. Yeah, well, you know, they didn't die and no one helped them. And then they made fun of them for it. And then they, their <laughs> zombified body came back years later. Fast forward eight years later, it's 1983 and Angela is now all fucked up and traumatized. She has been adopted by her aunt, Dr. Martha Thomas and her cousin, Ricky, 
what the fuck is wrong with Ricky's mom? <laughs> oh my god, man! I, I put that. I put that in my notes. I'm like, she's fucking terrible. The acting is like, what? What I put in here? Like a 1950s play, like that. Just weird, like over dramatic. Isn't that nice of me? Yeah, it was. I was. I don't, I'm not sure where they found her from, or if if they specifically made her play that character that way. Um, I don't understand. Well, you know, I think that they had to make her that weird to make the ending make sense. Yeah, I get that. But just down to how she even talks is uh, is, just strange. She's like, I tied a string around my fingers so I wouldn't forget. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. How are you a doctor? No one would come to you for like health reasons. Whenever I got to this one, first time seeing it, I was like, what the fuck is this movie about to get? Like, is the acting going to be this bad with everybody? Yeah. I seen you when you first started watching it. Your wife was confused. Yeah. She's she's very picky about old movies. Yeah. Very, very judgmental. Um, also you can tell it's was filmed in upstate New York and they casted because that yes. kid's like New York Jersey accent. Her, Everybody has the, those accents. Yeah. The son in the beginning, like his was so strong though. It, it like blew the dads away. I was like, wow, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty extreme. Yeah. That's, um, the, especially the little kids in the very beginning, the, um, the kids on the boat, that, like that's who they I'm had, talking they, about. their yeah. accent is so thick. Yeah, that's who I was talking about. Mm-hmm. The, the son. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 rough. But yeah, so uh, Ricky and Angela are heading off to camp, where Ricky's mom hands them their physicals paperwork, and she she mentions that she filled them out herself because she's a doctor, <laughs> but reminds them not to inform the camp about her fraud that she has committed. So the kids all arrive at the camp on buses, and <laughs> this is weird. The head cook makes a lot of sexual remarks about how attracted he is to the children. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, this was g- fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, this guy is a motherfucker. He is. I was like, I knew as soon as, as soon as he's like, where I'm from, they call them, they call them baldies. I was like, he's going to be the first to die. Like, yeah. he's going to be the first to go. If he's not the first to go, I don't know where this movie's going. Imagine how terrible it would have been if he just lived through the whole. Movie. I, I think he does live. Oh yeah, that's a yeah. good. That's a good point. He lives I hope in they, misery. I hope they make him live so he can die even worse death. Well, the yeah, second yeah, one, he's pretty fucked up the rest of his life. Hopefully, his eyes didn't make it. They asked about his eyes, but yeah, too early to tell. But yeah, so this is also somewhere around this point. I realized that there's going to be a lot of men in very short shorts and a lot of camel tail. In this movie. Yep. Full of camel tail. If you're into camel tail, this is the movie for you. There is a lot of dick silhouettes throughout this whole entire movie. Yeah, the short shorts are uh, in high demand at this camp. You see more dicks than than breasts in this movie, probably. Yeah, AD slasher. Kind of rare. You yeah. See more dicks than breasts. A lot uh, of dick. Yep. Lots of short shorts. But yeah, so Angela is pretty much instantly disliked and bullied by her bunkmates. And it's because she's uh, real quiet. She's real odd. Her main tormentors are fellow camper Judy and counselor Meg. 
these are pretty much your bad guys for the movie. These are the ones to look out for. They suck. They do suck. Judy, I will say, is, is, I forgot her name, and the faculty. Delilah. Yes, Delilah. Fucking Delilah. She fucking makes Delilah look like, like an angel. Yeah. Judy's a fucking bitch. She fucking sucks. Um, yeah, so, Judy and Meg, yeah, they, they, they are terrible. Um, so the head chef, Artie, pretty much immediately tries to molest Angela in the kitchen pantry. Artie gets interrupted by Angela's cousin, Ricky. Later on, we see Artie get attacked from behind by an unknown figure who causes him to be severely burned by boiling water all over his body. And it is great. Yeah. Yeah, this like guy. melting skin. Yeah, this guy definitely deserved it. If there's anybody ever in a horror movie that deserves uh, to be boiled alive it's this guy yeah what a what a son of a bitch he is so mel the camp's owner deems the incident as an accident and he decides to hide what happened from the rest of the camp next we see ricky and his buddies they're playing a baseball game against a rival group of campers what is the point of wearing half of a t-shirt i don't know a lot of dudes with their bottom half of their shirts chopped off they're like belly showing Desperate to show those abs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's like a heat thing. Like they're hot. No, but why I think not just take the shirt off? I think it was an eighties thing. I think it's like a style. Yeah, a style yeah. thing. It's definitely was a style thing back then. What are we gonna do if that comes back? They around? all stole their girlfriends and wives and sisters' clothes back then. The short shorts, like has some booty shorts on with they the cut off like, crop top. Everybody was really into that eighties hair metal, I guess. Yeah, I don't understand the half shirt thing. Just take the shirt off, man. Either wear the shirt, don't wear the shirt. I don't see the point of wearing half a shirt. They I don't, don't know. They don't want to get a chest cold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ricky's team, they win the game, and they, they talk some shit, and it pretty much pisses off their rival campers, Kenny and Mike, who are on the other team. And uh, later on, we see Kenny and Mike, they start to mock Angela, causing Ricky and his friend Paul to get into a fight with them. And this is where Paul befriends Angela, which becomes a major plot point later on in the story. Well, pretty much a big chunk of the story, uh, Paul and Angela get a little close, get a little summer love action. They do. I just want to throw a shout out for Ricky. You can tell at this point in the movie, Ricky does not take shit. Ricky is the best character of the movie. By far. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mentioned that a little later around. on. I mentioned that a little later on. And I actually have an interesting fact about the actor who who plays Ricky. Okay. Kind of uh kind of kind of goes hand in hand with what we're kind of talking about. But uh so you know, concerning Angela, I want to point out that I don't know about you, but I get like major eleven from Stranger Thing vibes from Angela. Yep. Yeah, that, I didn't sh- think about that. So that I'm is pretty like- sure. So I watched this movie probably like almost three times for this podcast, right? And the second time I watched it, like I paid attention to this uh, little kind of little theory I had about Eleven, and it's dead on. And I'm thinking that when they wrote Stranger Things, they pretty much wrote this wrote that character to be like this and when they cast 11 they probably were like this is how we want 11 like 
when they got the actress, they were like, this is how Eleven needs to act. Because this is Eleven specifically from season one, too. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think about that. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, definitely from, 11 from the looks, like the mannerisms, everything is dead on Angela. Yeah, if you were going to go back in time and remake Stranger Things just backwards. Yeah, this is this would have come out to be. Yeah. Um, she even kind of looks like she could play 11. Yeah, I think that when they wrote Stranger Things, the Duffer Brothers, um they probably, you know, took a lot of stuff from their life growing up watching, you know, like obviously different kinds of movies or horror movies or whatever. And I feel like when they probably wrote Eleven, they they probably took a lot of inspiration from Angela in this movie. That is my guess. I wonder if that's ever been talked about, the inspiration for Eleven. I don't know, but if we ever get to talk to the Duffer Brothers, got to remember to ask that. Yep. I have to write that down. I have to take notes. I write it on the back of my hand and never wash my hand. <laughs> so later on that night, we see Kenny. He's playing practical jokes on the other female campers. And he ends up taking one of them out into a canoe. And he ends up, you know, forcing it to flip. And he dumps them both into the water. He thinks this is funny, like a practical joke. Uh, the, the girl camper, she ends up getting mad. She swims away from Kenny and uh, pretty much just leaves him in the water by himself. And uh, we see the back again. We've seen the back of an unknown person's head kind of pop up out of the water in front of Kenny and ends up forcing his head underwater and drowning him. Yep. Yep. Super weak kill. <laughs> I, I just want to mention before this, like what what is up with all the guys skinny dipping with each other? Oh, like none that's of, weird. None of the girls wanted to partake. So they're just like, all right, we'll 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 skinny dip with each other. And they're like really excited about it too. They're like, "Oh no, girls! The girls are coming. We're still stoked, you know. Yeah, be naked too, together. Too much sausage and potatoes, uh, swimming together. Like, and there be a rule against that. And they're like excited. Like they're not any any less excited when the girls say no. Like they're just still just up for it, just being naked together. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was really really like just to keep your clothes on. If none of the girls want to go swimming, sure, you guys want to go swimming, keep your clothes on. Yeah, like not all your clothes. Keep your keep your tiny little short short swimming trunks on. Yeah, um, weird. Maybe that was the eighties. That's the eighties thing where men were just more comfortable together naked. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's not like an uncomfortable thing for me to be in that situation. It's just like, why would you want to? Like, if you had to. I'd feel weird if I was like skinny dipping with just guys. Yeah. I'd be like, this is weird. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Like, why didn't we just wear swimming trunks or shorts or even underwear? Like, why are we naked? Yeah. If I was going swimming and I was like, yeah, guys, I really want to go swimming. And then the other 15 guys I was going with were like, oh, we're getting naked. I'd be like. I'm going to hang out here with the chicks. They're just like balls out, man. We're getting balls out. Yeah. That's like, uh, uh, weird. Anyway, to the kill. Yes. Very, very. So you can tell in this kill. I'm going to start thinking who it could be based off the back of the head. It looks like there's some long hair. But then again, a lot of the guys have longer hair, too. It's hard to tell because it's wet. You just get the back of the head shot. But the kill has to go down as one of the, the weakest worst, kills worst. in the history of Not horror. Not going to be your favorite kill at the end of this. Like, I don't think that you, even if you 
paid somebody to drown you that you could do it without putting up this much of a fight. Like, I don't think your body would let you do that. Maybe he was depressed and he was just like, just do it. Just kill me. You don't know. You don't know what he's going through. I don't think that your body would even let you. Like, people who, like, hang themselves or don't break their neck, but they still fight. Like, it's just your body's reaction would be to get that air. Um, I don't know. Maybe he got shanked underwater and we didn't see that part. Mm. He was, like, already shanked. That's pretty weak. It was pretty yeah. weak kill. Yes, very weak. Yeah, they don't show uh, a lot of the kills in this movie. They only show a couple of them. And I, my my guess is because they only had $350,000 to film this movie. Probably not a lot in the budget for effects. We do see a couple effects. It's kind of the after shots of the kill. And that's I guess that's probably where a lot of their money went. Is Cheap. A lot cheaper than actually showing and, mm. and building a practical effect for the kill. Well, this the next part, though, is really awesome, which is uh, the next morning, uh, they they end up finding Kenny's dead body, and the fucking snake comes out of his mouth. His, his dead body's just laying there, and his mouth's open, and we get a great shot of pretty much his dead face and, uh, like, a little tiny... I don't know, garden snake of some sort or something just comes slithering out of his mouth. And I really love that part. Yeah, that was really cool. With the, the, the FX, uh, despite the lack of kills, they, they do a really good job with some of the after effects. And this was one of them. Yeah. I really don't get how the cop says like there was no bumps or bruises on his body, though. It looked like it's like had been in the water for a month and it had lesions and stuff all over it at that point. He said he's not a coroner. If clearly, <laughs> clearly he is not a corner. Because, like, if I seen this body, I'd be like, "Wow, something fucked this guy up." This cop's like, "Nope, this looks like a typical drowning. I don't I have to get the corner up here. I don't see any evidence of uh any bumps or bruises." Well, maybe we missed it. Maybe he's like, I, "I'm not a corner. You know, I'm not even a cop. Like, just because I dress <laughs> like this doesn't mean that I'm like this." Yeah. yeah. And I just stayed at, you know, like a Holiday Inn Express last night. I just happened to show up to pick my kid up from camp. What do you want from me? You know, I don't know. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's more believable than this guy well, maybe not having his any first bumps. Day. His first day. He, he, just, like, he just got I, out just the started, academy. just started working here. I've had this mustache since I was 13. Like, I know I look like I've been on the force for years, but I'm, I'm a day one. It's like I wasn't, I wasn't fucking ready for this in day no. one. Like, this is above my pay grade. Looks fucking fine to me. Look, he clearly drowned it. He looks like he smokes marijuana. So, fuck him. <laughs> he, he probably smoked a couple of those pots and then just pots. got tired and that he drowned. He drowned from the weeds he smoked. He was snorting snakes. There's no clearly. crime here, Mel. He, he had to have been on that scat. He was on, yeah, he was on the scat, clearly. <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, they call the cops after they find Kenny's dead body. And uh, Mel tries to convince the cop that this is an accidental drowning and definitely, definitely not a murder. And uh, yeah, the cops just like, well, the coroner will look at the body and we'll kind of figure it out from there. So uh, it's very obvious at this point, Mel does not want the bad publicity. 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 <laughs> Doesn't want that on his camp because he needs that uh needs that camp money. It's got so fucking shady. I mean he this only is... makes money like what, like two weeks out of the year his camp's open. Yeah. Uh 
It's got so fucking shady. That's all I got to say about yeah. that. I'm sure there's some other way he can make money during the. Maybe he rents it to movie companies who are making slasher films. I feel like he. It is the 80s. I feel like he sells used cars. Like he's yeah, a used he is a total. Man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's no, not just any used car salesman. He specializes in selling you a fucking lemon that's going to get you home, but no further. You know, he has that sign where he's like, you know. We can finance anybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In house he's got the in house financing sign oh, for yeah. sure on his fucking trailer. Yeah. Absolutely. This, this guy I'm 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 be honest. If and they don't do camp like they used to, but if they did and I was sending my kid to camp and I met this guy, nope. Nope, you're not camping here. Mm-hmm. Some something bad's going on. Something shady's gonna happen. Like no. And he hires cooks like uh like the head cook. And that's yeah. what happens when you send your kid to camp with a guy like this running it. Yeah, so uh, Paul, Paul ends up asking Angela to accompany him to the movie later, where he ends up kissing her on the walk home after the after the movie. They walk back to the cabins. And after this, we get a few more scenes of Judy and Meg kind of picking on Angela. And at one point, it even escalating to where Meg physically attacking Angela. And this leads to Meg getting in trouble with the head counselor and Judy blaming Angela for Meg's uh, reprimand. Judy brings up in front of everyone that Angela only takes her showers before or after everyone else and questions her reasoning while obviously trying to embarrass Angela. Angela decides to leave the cabin and to go visit her cousin Ricky. And on her way over to Ricky in Paul's cabin, two boys, Billy and Jimmy, throw water balloons at Angela, knocking her to the ground. And uh, this is where I put in my notes where, you know, Ricky's fucking ride or die. For the Angela. shit talk. He fucking goes off. Right? He's trying to fight that whole like gang of uh, like obviously older boys. Like those are all like older kids in their in a separate cabin and he's like i don't give a fuck like he's he's he doesn't give a shit yeah he's ready to throw down yeah I, his shit talking is a 10 out of 10 too like, i think he says like, not, like i'll kill you yeah you, <laughs> you always like got those kids who like start cursing but or even they grow up like this but they don't know how to use the words and in oh, the right does. way he does this yeah. dude's a this dude's a cursing natural and he he definitely does not back down. Yeah, he's badass. And what's really cool about him is he is so like down to throw down for his cousin. Man, she just goes straight to the fucking ground from that water balloon, too. Yeah. <laughs> that thing takes her out. You thought they hit her with a fucking bowling ball. Yeah, I don't know what they put in those water balloons, but no. But after this, we see the the boy who hit um, Angela, which is, uh, which one is he? Billy. After this, we see the boy who hit Angela with the water balloon. He goes to take a shit. A wicked A wicked, dump. wicked dump. Yeah, I'm make, sorry. Make sure you get that yeah, right. That he wicked. was a wicked dump. Yeah, so he goes to take a wicked dump, and we see an unidentified person's hands place a barricade in the handle of the stall doors. And then next we see the window screen above the stall is cut with a knife and a fucking beehive <laughs> with some angry bees is now placed into the stall above Billy. 
Billy attempts to escape the bees, but cannot break the barricade. That's like <laughs> the fucking literally like a a half inch piece of wood going across there. Like I don't know how you couldn't break that. Let me just crawl under the door. I I don't know. I don't know. This was another one that's like in notes, lame fucking kill. I feel like this is a like Acme and Wiley Coyote fucking kill. Yeah, this is yeah. You know I'm what? Like, kill wait, is he gonna get killed by bees? He got killed by bees. I mean, I guess if you got stung like a lot, you could die from bees. But I feel like it would take a it for would one. Take it would take a long, long time. time. Yeah, to you die would, from bees. You would. You could be. You could die from the poisoning from the bees stinging you too many times. The the venom, whatever they sting you with, and that does happen. Uh, more with like killer bees because more of them attack you at one time, but would not have happened that fast. It was just like, it's just a lame kill, man. That's all I can say. I bet you his family's like embarrassed to tell people how he died. <laughs> They'd be like, how he died? He died in a car wreck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he lost his battle with the bees. Somebody's like, Well, I thought I heard it was bees. It wasn't no goddamn bees. Who yeah. dies from bees? It was cancer. He cancer. Died. He died from cancer. He's he having cancer, cancer and the cancer attacked him and he was driving and he hit a tree. Died on died on the shitter, oh, taking a wicked dump. Now <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Elvis died. <laughs> <laughs> not not the bee part. <laughs> The wicked dump. Maybe, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe they covered it up because it's such a lame way to die. Yep. I will. I will say though, despite the lame kill, again, the FX team came through with the yeah. body. Yeah. Uh, his stung up looks like some uh, Jurassic Park bees, the size of your mailbox came down and stung him, but it looked cool. I give him that. Yeah, we get a uh, the shot of like his arm, and it like slowly pans to his face, and his face is so essentially Billy's face is now a new bee beehive. <laughs> they yeah. made a home out of his. What did the coroner do? Did they just be like, "Well, the bees are living in his face now, so we're we can't remove them." The uh, cop but- was like, "I don't know. I'm no coroner. I'm not sure how he died." Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know. You know, it looks like an accident. The bees just wandered on into the bathroom because of the wicked dump. Like the the smell attracted them, and they flew in here, and they needed. They were looking for a new home, and Billy's face just happened to be a suitable suitable hive. Now, sometimes if you're not careful, bees just make a hive out of your face. That's fucking life. They're like special bees, so they're like government protected, and they have to tell his family like, well, they're they're. They're government protected, so we can't move him out of his face. So he's like in the coffin at the funeral home with the bees just still in his face. Oh man, what a f- Good. who the fuck thought of that? Kid? I don't know. I mean, that's like <laughs> I I hate to say it, but I'm like that's that's just lazy. That that had to been like a lazy moment in writing. Like, oh, we can't come up with a good way. We'll just oh uh, man, is that lazy it though? Would, is that it would be really cheap. Like to just kill him with bees and not show it. I feel like lazy would it be like, how do we kill him? Just stab him? You know, well, like, I don't know. They're thinking of how can he be taking a wicked dump and die? Because that's like Meg. And somebody gets in. Like, how are they going to get in when there's no other way to get in? And us not show who gets in. 
I don't know. It's just because I mean, that, like, it's just a cop out. They kind of killed Meg in a lazy way. Like, how do we kill Meg? Uh, just stab her. Like, well, how do we do it without showing him? Uh, she's in the shower. Okay, that's that's a lazy. That's a lazy yeah. That's a way classic way though. People love the yeah, shower kills. That's true. Uh, not so much the bee kills. Like people aren't in the movie theater chanting for somebody to get stung like one hundred and seventy four times and die and then have their head turned into a beehive. That's <laughs> that's a bee movie writing. Well, that's what, that that is bee movie writing. Oh uh, well, I'll tell you this. There was something about the bees because now Mel starts to believe there's a fucking murderer at the camp. Yeah. <laughs> and he thinks he knows who it is. Why, why did this convince him to? Oh, like, no. he's like, they, like, the bees clearly killed this guy. And now he's like, oh, there has to be a murderer convincing bees to kill people. Bees don't just sting people without somebody putting them on first. Bees don't, don't just kill people on their own. They have to be paid to do it. <laughs> Gotta be coaxed into it with promises of a new home. Promises of flowers. Promises of a new home that will literally blow your mind. Oh, what the fuck? All the flowers and honey they could have. (laughs) But yeah, so he believes he knows who did it. You know, he's pretty much talking about, you know, to the head counselor. He knows who it is, but he doesn't quite say it. And, uh, you know, they decide to consolidate the campers, uh, into less cabins to try to keep everyone safe and they don't want everyone so spread out now they act like they've killed off like a ton of people it's weird that like they've killed all like that so many people have died but now there's so many less people in the cabins that they now have to consolidate and i'm like i think like two people died and then there's the cook but who cares about him he wasn't in the cabin with the campers so only two campers have died you really need to can they i don't i don't know i didn't really get that i don't really understand it i don't know two kids dying us though like that's 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 pretty serious it is serious but the way what they're saying when they're talking about it is they're like well everyone's so spread out now and now that everyone like they're so they literally say like now that there's so many people gone and i'm like there's two yeah yeah that's a good point <laughs> there's <Yeah>. two <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> I didn't think that one through. I don't know. Maybe the bees are killing people in the background. We just don't see it. But uh, Paul and Angela sneak off to the lake at night where Paul tries to make a sexual move on Angela. And this causes Angela to have a weird flashback to when she was a child and she witnessed her dad and his male partner in bed together. And Angela freaks out and runs away from Paul. I don't really understand the flashback at all. I don't, I don't get it. I rewound it a couple times. I was like, I'm missing something here. I don't get it. Yeah, I I agree. I cannot figure out what this has to do with the movie. When it happened to, it's not very clear that it's her flashback. And it's just a really weird scene that I felt like I was very confused at why it was put in there. And I I guess a way to clarify like why her mom wasn't around and, Maybe. Well, I don't know. So I looked it up. I was very confused. I looked it up and it just says that it was to show that Angela was traumatized by seeing um, her dad and his boyfriend in bed together. And I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Judging. What does this have to do with this? Judging (laughs) by later on in the movie, you would think that there would be a lot worse for her to 
be traumatized about. I just, you know, I don't think that. But don't you think maybe her dad dying in front of her would be a little more traumatizing? Yeah. I guess it's a sexually traumatizing. Or but... the fact that she just drowned a guy the night before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or she killed a guy with bees that day. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. This fucked her up. They weren't even. They weren't even doing anything. They were just. I think they were just in the bed talking, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really. I didn't really get. I didn't really get the scene. Thought it was weird, but um. So the next day, everyone is divided into teams for capture the flag, and Ricky convinces Angela to help him cut through the woods and sneak up to capture the flag, and that's where they kind of stumble upon Paul and Judy kissing. Judy is a bitch of the year. I'm telling you, she is. I don't. What was what year was this? 
was camp like this back then? Because they wrote movies like this or like Friday the 13th. And obviously the people that wrote these movies wrote them with experiences of them going to camp. Now, obviously these stories of like murders and stuff happening at camp were probably not true, but the, the environment in which the counselors were teenagers and didn't really fucking care and the kids around were very rowdy and very like mean, rude. That probably was the a lot of the environment. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, kids are still assholes. I feel like you that they don't really do camping like they used to. At least not that yeah, I know. I like kids not, don't go know. to camp for like a couple weeks and stay in cabins. But I feel like if you did, and you put some older teenagers in charge of them, this same thing would occur. Like, except it would be videoed on TikTok and a bunch of other shit. Yeah, and uh, the owner is accusing a kid of being a serial killer in this. Yeah. It's just super shady owner at that. (laughs) Okay. Um, He's like, this 12-year-old is a serial killer. He's the next Ted Bundy. But uh, yeah, so later on that night, for some weird reason, and I, I don't understand this either, Meg actually asked to have dinner with Mel. <laughs> yeah, so I, I have no very, idea where the fuck that came from. Yeah, no I was, clue. I was very thrown off with that, like with no context. Yep. Like she hasn't like, you know, tried to fuck him at all the whole time. Now all of a sudden she's trying to come on to the owner. She, she must really want that counselor's rights. Well, you know, I thought about it, and the only thing I can think of is, so she got in trouble before for hitting Angela by the head counselor. And then th- this very day, she picked up Angela and threw her into the water. So I think what she might be trying to do is kind of like get on Mel's, like, like, you know, I don't know, maybe even like if she fucked him or something that the, the head counselor couldn't get rid of her. I don't know. I don't think Mel would care uh, that she threw Angela in the water. This guy sucks. I don't think he would really care. No, he probably doesn't, but he probably lets the head counselor like run all the counselors. And I could see like him being like, well, you know, I told you to leave her alone. Now I want you to, I'm basically firing you. And if she could be like, well, I'm just going to go to Mel and Mel isn't going to let you fire me because, you know, I gave him some last night. That's, maybe, that's the only thing I can think of. Maybe she wanted to be the head counselor. And that's one way to become the head counselor over that other guy. If she to go became the fuck head, Mel. If she became the head counselor, they may would murder Angela. <laughs> if they could get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, I feel like there'd be a lot of murders happening with her and George. Her, her and Judy are fucking crazy. Well, her and Judy are like very much the the two girls where they they fuck with somebody so much that where something gets out of hand and somebody like accidentally gets killed, and then it's like, oh, well, it was an accident. Well, yeah, that's how people accidentally get killed. Like, shit, that shit happens to teenagers happens. all the time. Yeah, this happens. There's many yeah. many stories of this the same thing happening. Yep. So, um, so yeah, she, you know, she wants to have dinner with Mel and, and Meg ends up returning to the cabin to get ready. And she, she finds the cabin showers full and she decides to go next door to the empty cabin to use that shower. Now, now a lot of the cabins are empty because they've now consolidated the campers into 
uh, kind of just a couple cabins. So she ends up going over there where it's nice and quiet and she ends up taking a shower over there. And while Meg is over there in the shower, we see someone enter the empty cabin and while she's washing her face and she's doing that really weird humming thing, which drove me nuts. Every time I would see this movie, I'm like, who the fuck hums like that while they're showering? I get singing in the shower, but humming is weird. No, not, that's weird. But yeah, while she's washing her face, we see her scream out in pain. And the killer has stabbed her through the very thin wall of the shower. And uh, the knife is then dragged downward along Meg's spine, killing her. That is some Jason Voorhees shit right there. Like, stabbed yeah, through the one. wall. Like, how would you know somebody's on the other Like, exactly where they're at on the other side of the wall. It's impressive. There's only so much room in that shower. Yeah, but uh, I'll just stab this knife into that shower and I'll probably get a hit. You tell by the hums. Must have been that. That's why they put the hums in there. The hums gave it away. But next we see one of the counselors taking a small group of boys out to the woods for some camping. And we see that one of the boys has brought along a hatchet, which we assume will come into play later on. It's going to be a murder weapon. Of course, it's a hatchet. Yep, because they talked about 80s it. 80s slasher. And it was a shiny hatchet. You, you like notice it was like a chrome, like, it's like got to catch your eye. It's like, oh shit, is that a hatchet? That's a yeah, nice that's hatchet. A that's, like, that's, that's like, a hatchet. That's, that's the hatchet. It's going to be red later. Then we jump to the camp social where everyone's gathered for a party. And Paul attempts to apologize to Angela again, and she tells him to meet her at the lake later on. Mel goes looking for Meg. He's looking for her everywhere because he's porny, and she has missed their dinner date. (laughs) Which I don't know if he was planning to have dinner or not. I think he might have been trying to just get right to it. Yeah, there's like a fucking three or four scenes where he's just going to everybody. Like, have you seen Meg? Have you seen Meg? He He was ready. Yeah, he was. was like, my old ass is about to get some. Well, Meg, I thought Meg was cute. You know, she's good looking. I, 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 I get it, man. I get it, Mel. He then took his biography. He probably He's has. like, I don't have very much time. Like, yeah. It's like that scene from I'm Anchor- solid. I got to find her. I got 30 minutes. Like that scene from Anchorman where he has the, the erection. Mm-hmm. She's like, you have like an erection. He's like, it's the design on the pants. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so Ricky is absent from the social and he's claiming to be in bed sick from dinner. Mel ends up finding Meg's body in the empty cabin and he begins searching for Ricky. Meanwhile, back at the small campsite, two of the campers ask to be taken back to the cabin by the counselor. And uh, he he takes them back. They were, I don't know, they were cold. I think they were cold. And they wanted to go back to the camp. So he runs them back to the camp. And when he returns, because he leaves like, you know, the other four there. And when he comes back, the other four he left there, he finds those four murdered in their sleep. And the hatchet is missing. That was a uh, nice. They were just just hacked the fuck up in those sleeping bags. Yeah. Um, why in the hell would you leave a bunch of kids by themselves in the woods? And sleeping bags with a murderer on the like that people are dying. Well, the, they, they didn't know there was a murderer. The counselors didn't know there was a murderer. They didn't. You don't think they knew at all that like no. 
There was a dead body found. The police were there. There was another dead body found. The police were there. No, because there's a, you know, like there's uh, a couple scenes that kind of gives that away where there's the scene where uh, all the counselors are gathered. Well, first there's the scene where just Mel and the head counselor are kind of talking about there possibly being a murderer and the head counselor is trying to tell Mel there's not a murderer. It's just some accidents. Like, so he doesn't believe it. And Mel's like, no, there's a murderer. And then right before this stuff happens, um, we actually see all the counselors are gathered together. And this is where the head counselor, he tells Meg, she has the night off, which is when she goes to, to talk to Mel about the dinner. And then he tells this counselor, Hey, Everyone else is going to be at the social, but you are going to take those six kids out for a camping trip. And then right after this scene with the murdered kids camping, the head counselor gets a phone call from the police telling them that the four kids were found murdered and that there's a murderer at the camp. That's when they know there's a murderer going on. So there's a couple scenes that kind of puts that stuff into place. I don't know. I would think like, uh, you know, just a couple people just accidentally died. Like, maybe I won't leave these little kids in the woods by themselves. Not a great in idea. the last 24 hours, I agree. like four people <laughs> ended up dead. I, I totally w- do not disagree with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, did you know, because I didn't catch this on the first, the the. I actually may not even call this on the second time. Those kids that get killed at the campsite, do you know why they were killed at the campsite? So take that as a no. Those kids are I'm the kids that were throwing, throwing sand. Throwing sand. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's okay. why she goes, that's why they they get killed. Because they're there, yeah, there are the um the assholes that were chucking sand at Angela when she was that shoes like thrown in the water or whatever. That's right, you little fucking shit. Little Those bastard. sand. The other two got away. Up. The other two got away though. Yeah. Motherfuckers. Maybe she should go back and get them later on. Maybe she did. They just didn't have time to put it in the movie. Yeah. Maybe there was a dramatic chase scene when she just hacked them up with a hatchet. And that's what you that's why you don't throw sand at people. That's yeah, unless it's pocket sand. But yeah, so soon after this, Judy is shown into Judy is shown in her cabin alone. She takes a boy back there, and then the boy's like, you know what? Fuck off. I'm leaving. So he leaves. And she, she's a mega bitch, she as is, always. She is. A she's like, bitch. you don't want to get in trouble. Like, what a loser. I remember thinking, like, man, if she lives through this and somebody marries her, like, that dude's going to kill himself. Like, she would drive somebody to suicide. The, she's she's the, the girl and the, like that has her husband murdered for life insurance. Oh, absolutely. Like, 100 and then gets with his best friend she's the girl who like when you're fighting she's like you should just kill yourself yep yep that's her but yeah it shows her she ends up in her cabin alone and uh someone enters the room and she's obviously very rude to them so this tells us judy knows the killer like she is very familiar with this person because we kind of get like the silhouette of the person who comes in the room who we know is going to kill her. And this is something that they've actually done with each killing, um, other than the bee killing, I think. And uh, Meg getting stabbed in the shower. But the first two, the head cook getting the boiling water, the drowning 
scene, the second kill where he gets drowned. Each time that you, they know who the killer is, so you know throughout this movie, like it's it's somebody at the camp because each oh, time yeah. they're like, "Oh, you like what are you doing here?" and then they would get killed. Thought so it was just interesting they put that in there. Yeah, so, so you know it's not somebody on the outside. So the whole time you're watching this, you're thinking, "Okay, who is the killer?" And in this particular scene, we actually see, so the lights are off in the room and we actually see the cabin door open and we get a front shot of the killer. Could you tell who the killer was from that shot? I couldn't, but I put in my notes at the time, killer looked like a guy, possibly Ricky. Mm. Yeah. Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah. I, I, I thought. I thought it was really cool how, knowing the ending now, which we'll get to that. I thought that was uh, done intentional. I thought that was really good. It is done intentional, but not for the reason that you think. I'll just tell you that. But yeah, so um, the killer goes up to Judy, starts attacking Judy. And this is where Judy gets smacked unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> like if you watch the scene, the killer literally just smacks her and she gets knocked out cold. About fucking time, too. I mean, I don't know how you smack somebody unconscious, but that's a hell of a smack. Got that Rick James smack. Yeah, Yeah, but she gets a pillow placed over her face, and she gets raped with a hot curling iron and dies from this rape. Yeah. uh, This was a weird way to die. Yeah, when I was watching this, I'm like, "Is, is she, like, they don't, obviously it, show it going in i'm like is this happening like is what i think happening happening um, yeah but i would say a reasonable death for judy as yeah. horrible as that sounds yeah they uh she sucks i don't think they actually they i'm pretty sure they didn't film you know like the rape itself with the curling iron but they did film a scene with her afterwards of her dead like after her death but the mpaa had it cut out uh, I guess it was a little too much. Oh, I bet it was. <laughs> I, yeah, I bet it was. But yeah, so uh, Judy's now dead. Didn't, didn't they hide yeah, Thank hides God. her body under the bed? It's one of the best moments of the movie. Meg Couldn't and wait. Judy have died. Couldn't wait for Judy. Like, Meg was bad. Meg was a bitch. But Judy was on another level. Yeah, so the police are called and the counselors are informed of the murders, which kind of throws the camp into a panic. Mel, believing that Ricky is the killer, uh, he kind of like hiding in the woods. And as Ricky's like walking like back to his uh, his cabin, Mel grabs him and takes him into the woods and beats him to death. Mel beats Ricky like an ape. Did you like he just <laughs> ape like ape ape beats him? Yeah, like he does that thing where he's like, his his arms are like going up and like over his head and it's like slamming, but just like an ape would beat another ape. Mel has obviously never been in a fight. <laughs> no, <laughs> he beat a child to death, ape style. Uh, he he does he does whip the shit out of Ricky though. He said Mel was my gonna be my wife <laughs> yeah the guy who put the actor that plays them had clearly never been in a fight oh, because they're man. like we just need you to, to beat him up and he's like 
like an ape. What, what, <laughs> what exactly do you mean by that? <laughs> Him and his wife watch a lot of Animal Planet. <laughs> like I googled punch and it said slamming your hand into somebody. Um, I'm not sure how that how that goes. It's kind of like a toddler when a toddler's mad. <laughs> yes. But yeah, he like he just beats Ricky to death with his palms. <laughs> but yeah, so after Mel thinks Ricky's dead. Which he's like surprised he's dead. He's like, this child died so easily. <laughs> Maybe he beats kids like it's that like, regularly. I beat my kids like this. They didn't die so easily. I shouldn't have shouldn't have let out so much of the ape. Uh yeah. Gotta, I gotta learn to control this. Gotta control this the ape. ape. That's what he calls himself. <laughs> he's got a t- big ape tattoo on his chest. <laughs> You won't like the ape when he gets mad. Uh, so after after Mel thinks Ricky's dead, he freaks out and he runs off into the woods where he ends up encountering the real killer. And after realizing who it is, he is pretty shocked. And then he's killed with an arrow to the throat. Uh, sound familiar? It does. Does that sound familiar? Sounds a little familiar. Sounds a little Friday the 13th-ish. A little bit. Yeah, old Kevin Bacon getting the uh, arrow through the throat. Yeah. Old K-Bacon. You know, people really want him to play Freddy Krueger. You that, hear that? Yeah, I, people are fucking dumb. That's, that, uh, that's what I'm... I don't know. Like, I don't really understand. Uh, I don't really understand it. Yeah. Nobody can play Freddy Krueger except Robert, Robert England. But like that's just I feel like if you well, really Kevin want Bacon, that Kevin Bacon's older. You know, like well, what would he like play for like two movies and then he, we'd have to find another one. Yeah. Like he's not young he's not like a young guy. I'm mm. sure you could find a younger guy who what, could what do is a Freddy. the specific reason why Kevin Bacon? They say like that he doesn't he's got look like, like that. They Robert say Anderson. that he looks like him. <laughs> like, am I missing something? No, could you can even look at Robert England younger and Kevin Bacon younger, and they look nothing alike. And now they're they're both old ish. Look at Robert England at that age; they don't look like each other. I don't know. No, I don't. That it's like it's probably the it's like the biggest it, Nightmare on Elm Street thing is like Kevin Bacon. Like, like anytime anybody brings up who's going to replace Robert, it's Kevin Bacon, and I I don't it, know, man. I don't get it. Might it's get like it. that thing when people see a baby and they're like, "Oh, this baby looks just like its dad or just like its mom," and I'm sitting there nope. like, "It looks like a fucking baby." It, that's, I, how could you say that? That's how I feel right now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't. We've gotten back on tonight on Elm Street again. It's okay. This is a good movie. Let's just have a whole episode <laughs> about you know Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. We will. We will. Oh eventually. yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> one day I'm gonna get to do Dream Warriors. Can't wait. Dream Warriors. Yeah, so the police start looking around the camp for the missing campers. And uh, Paul is seen at the lake with Angela, who suggests they get naked and go for a swim. The cops discover Ricky, who is barely still alive. He is not dead. He just looks dead. <laughs> like an ape has beat this child. There's a, damn, maybe that's who's been killing everybody. There's an ape. There's an ape. On there the was loose. a zoo next door. It did the be- there was bees used. 
There was Sounds bees. like an ape the way to kill came, somebody. came from the zoo. They, they picked him up. <laughs> I just thought about an ape killing the child molesting cook. <laughs> and they're just hitting him on the yeah, chest. Even an ape knows better than that. <laughs> he tried to rape an ape. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I got a banana for you right here. Well, he, he, I don't know if he'd go for the ape. And you, you wouldn't be to call that a baldy. Oh, man. I wish they would have been like, well, you know, the, the boiling water, like, especially got his genitals. <laughs> They're 30% burnt off. Yeah, he's yeah. castrated by boiling water. Yeah, I should have talked about that. Yeah, I don't get that. Why? Why? Like, he was obviously terrible. Uh, he was. Why didn't they kill him? Like, why did he live? Like, what was ever the reason for him not like they I don't know them not being like oh he died from having burns all over his body like why why keep him alive I don't it's know. weird I don't know they could have did that thing that they do in uh, Friday the 13th where remember the uh, the old lady who's making the, the stew and he like slams he drowns her in the stew you're not the first one it's like uh thinking that uh, it's part it's five. five it's part five yeah part five. it's part five because With she fake jason yeah so they're mad because like the two kids from like the bad kids home keep like fucking on their property which yeah. i don't know why they care but um yeah she's like doing the big yeah, pot of stew yeah. and like dude she, she gets drowned in the big pot they could have did that i'd have been satisfied with that yeah i'd have been i would have been they could have did it the exact same and just been like He's dead. Like he died for clearly from burns. He must have slipped and dropped this pot of boiling water on him. I'd have been satisfied. The cop could have been there and been like, I don't I don't know. I don't see any bumps or bruises on him. It's clearly nothing going on here. I'd have been cool with like when the cop shows up for like somebody else's body and been like, Oh hey, by the way, your cook, he passed away from his burns. Okay. Yeah. His his cool. his cock and balls melted off of his body. Just thought you should know that. Yep. But yeah, so Ricky's barely alive, and they pick him up. They rush him off for some medical help. And uh, Ronnie, which Ronnie is the head counselor, totally forgot his name earlier, but I put it put it in the bottom part here. <laughs> Ronnie and Susie <laughs> check down by the lake where they find a naked Angela clutching a hunting knife and Paul's severed head. I like it. Dun, dun, dun. Good shit. So it was revealed in a flashback scene that the real Angela died in the boating accident and that Peter went to live with Ricky and his mom. After Martha gained custody of Peter, she decided to raise Peter as the girl she always wanted. A naked and blood-covered Angela stands up to reveal that she has a penis and is actually a male. Peter is Angela with a Peter. Yeah. That is that is the that is a great twist. Ronnie and Susie are shocked to discover that she is the killer. Angela looks at both of them and lets out an animalistic hissing sound. Holy shit, what a fucking ending. Yep. Yeah, I gotta say that the even the way it was shot, like that, where 
it's like she's frozen making the sound. It was really, really fucking creepy, and it was a great, great ending. Yeah, so this movie, uh, as a movie, as a whole entire movie, is pretty blah. Like, you know, it's not terrible, but it's not great. It is pretty much, if you're a fan of slashers, especially older slashers from that time when slashers were really getting their footing. Uh, you know, this is a kind of movie up your alley. It's kind of a very classic slasher. But it's the ending that makes this movie kind of s- still around. It's still talked about and still important. It It is really rare to get an ending that is that like, holy shit. That is it. That it's great. Yeah, up until this part, I was like, "Wow, how does this stick out between all the other Friday the Thirteenth ripoffs and and eighties slashers?" And but yes, it it was a a great twist ending. Yeah, I, I didn't see it coming. No, it's it's really hard to take a slasher movie, especially with us who love slasher movies and watched a ton of them. To get a movie where we're we're surprised, especially I think with uh, kind of our generation who really grew up in kind of the the scream, you know, where where, where scream came out and it was you know all those like you know scream kind of ripoffs and stuff where you know we got we got really familiar with the okay here's seven to ten characters and one of these characters in this group is the murderer. And we've kind of been through everything where even characters that die in the beginning or middle of the movie are still not counted out as being the killer. Like we know now, Oh, just cause they died doesn't mean they really died and they're not going to be the killer in the end. Uh, we, we've, we've, we've seen that stuff before. So I feel like we've kind of went through every different possible ending And this is such a like, you know, ending that hasn't been done so many times. It's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree that it threw me off. I'd even went with the possibility earlier on. I'd taken in my notes the possibility of two killers because they're jumping with the kids in the sleeping bag and Judy, Judy's death scene. All these are happening. They're kind of jumping back and forth. Maybe it was two people, and that's why one looked like a male, and they were going to try to throw us off that way, like Scream. Yeah, but I did not see uh, Peter or Angela being Peter. I did not see that at all. Yeah, the, I mean, to go to go back and to show that moment to where. You know, it's actually Peter that's adopted and her explaining to him as like a confused child, like, you're going to be a girl now. It explains like, the weird ass mom. It's, too. it's so it makes the movie just so disturbing and it and it really makes it makes sense of why Angela is so fucking weird because you you see the movie, especially the first half of the movie where she doesn't really talk. And she just kind of stares at people and she's just, and you're just like, you know, I get she had this tragedy happen, you know, but it was eight years ago. 
she was a kid she should you know be a little more out of her shell but then when you see this whole thing and then you see like oh well this is you know she's having to deal with this every day it's why she doesn't shower with other people it's why she doesn't swim it's why she freaked out when, when peter uh tried to take her clothes off the first time earlier on in the no, movie you mean, you mean paul paul yeah, yeah peter paul it was almost peter paul <laughs> paul almost discovered that peter Peter slash Angela. Yeah, it's just it. You notice, and I'm so glad they put that little flashback in there because they really could have revealed this just without the flashback. But and then you would have had to think about this moment in your brain, you know, the whole like, oh, shit, you know, they would have had to made her a girl and blah, blah, blah. But they actually went back and they showed this really weird and it explains the mom of why she's so weird. And- yeah. yeah, that was that was my first thought was, OK, it not why the mom's weird, but uh, it kind of ex- OK, that makes sense because the mom's really fucking weird. Yeah. What a what a fantastic ending. And then I think another thing that makes this ending so crazy is they show it. They actually they did. show it. <laughs> and they showed the the dick. Yeah. Sure. This, you know, dick, you know, you didn't see balls cuz there's a there's a big old bush. And they all, yeah, that was that was the thing and back then. Yeah, I mean the stance and like the facial expression and you're just so in shock. Like you're as you're in shock as much as the characters the, are in shock. One thing I, crazy. I loved about that scene too, is they let it linger. Like it wasn't quick. And then it flashes away. Like they let that, that freeze in time that her stance, like this animalistic stance, making this fucking weird noise with the naked, with the dick hanging out. Like it's not just a quick shot and it's gone. Like it, they, they let it linger. And I think they let it linger just long enough. Yeah, we were. I think we were talking like I don't know, maybe like yesterday or something, or the other day. But we were talking about how uh, a good horror movie can make you feel, um, makes you feel something, emotion, yeah, some kind of emotion. And in this movie, you don't really feel anything. You're just kind of watching the movie, and but the end, you feel as shocked as like the characters in the movie. You're just like. You see their faces, and they're they're like, "No way!" And then you realize your face probably looks the same fucking way. <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought it it made me kind of uncomfortable. Like that's oh one yeah, thing. Like, it was a total. Un- and they let that. That's why I said I loved that they let it linger because it really that uncomfortably un- uncomfortableness sets in. That was a, a great great twist ending that. I would say uh, 99 out of 100, well, maybe even 100 out of 100 people watching this for the first time would not have seen that coming. Yeah, that's when, that's why, like, when I, like, you know, good examples, when I was saying, hey, we're going to do this movie, um, and you were kind of asking me a little bit about it. I was like, well, I can kind of give you a little bit about it, but I can tell you that the main reason that we're going to do this movie and I want you to watch this movie is for the ending. And you don't, 
you know, really, this is a movie where you just really want somebody just to watch it. It's like, dude, just watch this movie because you don't want to let a lot of it out because you want that full shock reaction to happen. Why do you think she killed Paul? Um, I think from he discovered uh, her wiener. You think that was it? Well, I think that she has some some sexual PTSD. I think there was, I don't know, just the jig was up. Maybe he was like, oh, fuck, and started being shit. Like, we don't see the reveal. I assume you know why. Is there, is there uh, something? No? no? No, I don't officially know why. I was just, because it's never really made exactly clear. I have, like, my thought is that she kills Paul because she obviously has kind of trust issues and she obviously she doesn't really open up to people and she opened up to uh, she has her cousin there and then the only other person she talked to was Paul and you know Paul was like her first kiss and Paul like touched her you know her her breasts like he was the first person that she ever had any kind of sexual reaction with or anything and then i think that paul kissing judy who was so mean to her and she obviously hated judy um i think that she was she was gonna kill him from that point yeah yeah i think when she told him to meet her at the lake you notice she didn't look at Paul when she did that. She kind of looked away. And I think that's because she didn't really want to look him in the face because she knew that she was going to kill him. Yeah, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't think about really why she had killed him. That makes a lot of sense. Because you notice everybody she kills in this movie is somebody that wronged her. Mm-hmm. And her final kill is the person who probably wronged her the most. And she kills him by cutting off his fucking head. So yeah, I, I, that is, that is my assumption, but it's never truly like he, she may have, you know, decided to give him another chance and then he discovered it. And, fuck is that you know i don't know you know but that that is my goal is like i feel like paul was probably the icing on the cake like she knew because i mean she killed so many people that night in a short time span she knew camp was over like they're gonna shut this shit down tonight like tomorrow everybody's gonna go home this is it um and i think like she knew she had to get rid of everybody that night that she wanted to get that revenge on when did you first get an idea that it was probably her doing these killings? Um, I think that it really clicked for me. Like I was pretty confident when they were asking, it was the night of the social. So it was the main night and they were asking where Ricky was and Ricky was like sick from dinner and I was like, uh, okay, so this is obviously like to make us think that it's Ricky killing everybody, but I'm pretty sure it's Angela killing everybody. That was kind of, cause I always suspected it's either Ricky or Angela. That was always my thought. It's either one of the two. 
Yeah, I p- picked up on that after like the third kill because it seemed to be always somebody who was wronging her. Um, I thought with Judy, I-, I was pretty sure it was Angela, and I think that it kind of the the silhouette and Judy's kill kind of looked like a male, and I think that was to throw you off. But before I seen that, I was pretty sure it was Angela. And then I thought that silhouette kind of looked like a male. And then I was then I was kind of back on the fence and thought maybe it was both of them. Maybe it was two killers. Yeah, I don't know. I never really thought about the two killers thing. I just always figured that the movie was setting it up where it was either going to be Ricky or Angela. And I thought they were playing the Angela quiet, shy thing because they didn't want us to think it was her, but you know, as of watching slashers, I definitely know it could totally be her, but the problem was so many of the scenes from the movie of the killer look like male hands. And so that's what kind of kept. And then they like had all these situations where Ricky's like freaking out on people. So I'm like, well, you know, it could be Ricky, you know, so, you know, I went back and forth between the two, but when they're like, oh, well, Ricky's not around, he's sick or whatever, then I, I knew at that point, okay, you know, she's the killer. They're, they're trying to make me think it's Ricky. That's too obvious. Like, there's no way that he's, he's sick, but he's actually off killing people. Like, he probably really is sick. This is just trying to throw me off. But yeah, what what a movie. What a ending. Definitely check the movie out if uh, hopefully you've seen it. If if you haven't seen it and you just listen to this whole thing then we just totally fucked it up for you. <laughs> but um we got some got some little couple little bits of information here about it. So the guy the guy who plays Ricky, Jonathan Tierston. He was given the role of Ricky after the director asked him to cuss him out during his audition. He was so good at cussing naturally, like just cussing somebody out. That's how he got the role. That, yep, that makes, makes sense. Makes sense. He was just one of those kids that were naturally good at just fucking throwing, throwing them words out there. So yeah. that was his natural ability. Probably had some older brothers or something. Something, yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, here, Here's another thing I was kind of, kind of telling you about kind of hinted to you a little bit earlier all the hand scenes of the killer was actually jonathan tierston's that's who played ricky and this is because florissa rose's mother did not originally want her to be the killer because she was so young hmm. yeah when originally filmed the but movie I- I thought it was just to throw people off. I actually yeah. have that in my notes like way earlier on. I want to say it's like the Meg kill that the hands look like male hands, but they did a really good job of not putting anything in the hands that would throw it one way or the other, like painted nails or hairy hands or something. They did a really, really good job of keeping that. They look like male hands, but nothing to give that away a hundred percent yeah that you know it wasn't technically put in there necessarily throw you off it was uh it was actually supposed to be her hands but her mom for some reason thought that she could get the director to change her daughter as the killer 
after she had already been cast and um uh they so they filmed all the scenes with him doing it and then they convinced her later on to change her mind so but um yeah those are actually Ricky's hands as all as all the all the killer scenes and then also the scene where um the door opens where, where for Judy's death that is him in a wig and that is because of the same reason that is him that is him ah yeah I knew it. I I literally took that in my notes. I was like, silhouette looks like a male. Yep. Possibly Ricky, question mark. And they've had to film that like that because he has the wig on to look like her. But that is because um, her mom was just did not want her to be the killer in the movie. So Mm -hmm. they, yeah, they just kind of filmed all the killer scenes with, with uh with Jonathan Tierston. Well, it works out really good anyway because I was sure she was the killer before that scene and then when I seen that I was like, "Hmm, maybe not. Maybe not." So it kind of and she is actually a guy anyway. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so um let's see. This is a good one. The final scene of Angela standing there bloody and naked. It was filmed by making a mask cast from Felissa's face, and they hired a thin college student to wear the mask naked for filming. He asked if he could get drunk first before he shot the scene, which he did, and uh, he was originally uncredited for the movie, but now, in the version now, his name is actually in the movie. This was his first and last movie role. Ah, no. His dick made it. He did not. No, but that is uh, why that scene looks so weird. It is because that is just a still cast molding of her face. That makes sense because you can tell something's off. The skin skin tone's different. Like when I say, like they let it linger. Like they, you get a really good look at it, and it's um, it's like her face is frozen. There's just something like the stance is weird. She's got a weird frozen face. Um. Like the whole scene kind of looks like she's frozen in time. And that makes sense. Uh, it's definitely just something when I said it makes, makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely, they, they did a good, good job with that one. Yeah. Uh, so it has become an unexpected hit and has a cult following amongst horror fans. It has made over 30 times what it cost. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's that's some good returns. Uh, So Willie Cushing, who played one of the bullied campers in the movie, uh, I think his name. Mozart. Yes. It's Mozart. Um, I I may have put that down. I'm like, this guy probably gets bullied because his parents named him fucking Mozart. So, yeah, his actual name is Willie. Um, he was actually really bullied often on set so much that the the older actors who played the counselors had to step in when it got too serious. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, they they messed with him a lot. Uh, it was uh, quite unfortunate. Yeah, I, like I said earlier, man, kids are assholes. Uh, so the last one is uh, Mike Kellens, who played Mel. This was actually um, his last movie. He was sick with lung cancer during the filming, and he passed away three months before the movie came out. Mm, that sucks. 
Yeah, um, he was actually really sick during the filming of the movie. Uh, he had to do a lot to kind of hide how sick he was. And I was sitting there thinking when I like, came across that, I was like, man, they had him like smoking cigars in the movie. But I guess he was like, yeah, I'll smoke a cigar. It's too late now. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But yeah. Damage he, is uh, done. Yeah, he, he died like right after that. And he didn't even get to see the final movie. He did a great job, though, for I would not have known that he was on death's door. All right, so let's talk about kills. There is a total of 12 kills being John Baker, uh, the real Angela Baker, Kenny, Billy, Meg, Judy, four small campers, Mel, and Paul. Want to do favorite kills? Yep. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Um, I don't I, remember who went last time. I don't, I don't either. either. I'll go first. I'm going to say there's, there's not a whole lot to choose from as far as <laughs> awesome kills. I'm going to put that out there. It's John of, Baker. We should have done. I ran over the, by a boat. We should have did. <laughs> <laughs> we should have did weakest kills for this episode. Um, well, who would you say your weak, weakest kill? The was? fucking drowning scene. Jenny? As bad as the bees were like. Yeah, that was tough, man. That was that was ridiculous. I'm like, good God. They must I feel like they did that in reshoots or something and they were like in a hurry, really bad, like in Star Wars where they were trying to like get get it done and they they just kind of rushed a lot of scenes in. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they reshot that. For best kill, I can't put Paul, although he was decapitated, because you don't actually get to see his kill. So I will say Judy. Judy's being, because it was fucking super gruesome, although you don't get to see his, probably really good that you don't, but um, you don't get to see it, but knowing how she was killed, and I was just super stoked to have Judy die. That was one of the (laughs) highlights of the movie for me. Um, Okay. Yeah. She was, uh, she sucked. So, yeah. yeah, not a lot to choose from here. Um, I'm going to say the weakest, the weakest kill was, was Kenny. Um, you know what? No, I'm going to take that back as weakest kill. I'm going to say, uh, it, this is bad when I'm it's going hard with to Billy. go with the weakest I'm kill. I'm going to go with Billy. I'm going to go with Billy and I'll explain why in a second. But my weakest kill is Billy. My favorite kill I listed as Paul. We didn't get to see it, but the fact that we got to see his head roll away. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, see, I, I, I mean, put we didn't that, get to see like, half these fucking I, over half of these kills. We didn't get to see them. Yeah. You it, know, and I even put that down like the decapitation. Paul's head was really cool. But as I, you know, as a technicality, we didn't actually see him get killed. So I, I, put, yeah, I, I counted put Judy. It. I counted it. And then plus it's because it, you know, it happened at the finale. Yeah, I mean, if I were to say the best kill that I actually seen, it would be Mel because I think it might be the only one I see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The only ones I can remember seeing was Mel, John, and the real Angela Baker. <laughs> um, they kind of showed Judy's like she she we see she a, gets bit slapped down silhouette then... of Judy's kill. 
Yeah, well, she uh, gets she gets. You see him put the the pillow over her face, and then like pull up the hot iron yeah. up and just Man, send it on in there. Weak one for kills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good God. Man, my my it, honorable mentions were Kenny, and not because of the kill, because I love the snake out of the mouth thing, and then Mel, because I actually got to see the arrow through the neck. But yeah, my favorite kill was the Paul. And the reason why is because it looks like Paul is like smiling. Like he just got, you know, he just, just like, you know, hooked up with Angela and you think like that's what happened. And then she stands up and his fucking head rolls off. That's why I listed it as my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There, there wasn't like, like you said, not many, uh, really good ones to choose from. So, um, we don't normally do this, but I, I was like, I don't know. I'll probably throw this in there. I'll put you on the spot. You want to rate the killer? We want to do a one out of five star rate the killer. Oh, what are we rating them on? Just overall? Just overall. What do you thought about the killer? Um, a three. I thought really creepy. Uh, he's really creepy. He's really creepy. Um, I thought the actress that did it did really well. Very, very eleven feel to it from Stranger Things. That was that okay, was so a good eleven hit. was a murderer. Yeah, it's exactly but, what this movie is. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But if I was to go on a scale of like the best killers and horror, and then the worst, I I'd give her him a three. Three six out of ten. Yeah, yeah. You I, know, I it, agree. It could be higher if you actually got to see some of the killing. It's hard to judge a killer when you don't get to see the killing. But but I I will give him her credit. She's pretty creative. That's what that's Bees, why I'm giving the three hot iron. That's why I'm giving hatchet. The three. And the fact that you will kill somebody that you don't like for such petty reasons <laughs> in such gruesome ways, like. You rape somebody to death with a hot iron. Like, what? Hey, Judy was a bitch. That's cold, I'm not, I'm not, man. Yeah, That's I'm not going to complain on that one, though. That's cold. Judy was terrible. Uh, so you ready to do a, a rating of the movie? Yep. Yep, I am. All right. Um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll go out the gate here. I'm giving this movie a 3.6 out of 5. And the reason is because of the ending. 100%. Like, if you took the ending away, I'd give this movie a 2. This movie gets a 1.6 bump because that fucking ending I like so that's, much. That's a, that's a big bump. That's a fucking bump. But I, I actually gave, love the ending. gave it a 1. A one whole point bump for it. What, you did 1.6 bump? I Yeah. Yep. I gave it. A, I'm giving it a 3.6 out of five. I watched it, you know, uh, I don't know, probably three times. And you know, I like watching it. It's, it's you know a movie I'd put on on the summer, especially if I wouldn't watch like a slasher. Uh, I love the last, I don't know, ten minutes of the movie is fantastic. That the last ten minutes is probably the the only really good ten minutes of it though. But I, yeah, pretty much where the where the campers, the little kid campers get where Meg packed up. Thought, 
That's where Meg oh, kind of yeah. in that. She pretty much right where, before where yeah. Meg gets killed. Pretty much from then on is a is a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, um, a lot of bullshit before that, but pretty much from that point on, I really enjoy. I have no problem watching watching this movie. Um, you know, multiple. I mean, shit, I watched it probably three times in a week. So. Um, yeah, I feel I feel totally fine with giving it three point six. I know I'm being favorable. You to it. you definitely yeah. <laughs> I, I I I know that that's not a realistic score. <laughs> How much thought did you put into that score? A lot. Like, you put a lot. Okay, a lot. I yeah, a lot. I mean, it's, okay, think three point six. Like obviously, I didn't just like at some point I was at three point five, and I was like ah. Oh, Feeling three point seven. I'm gonna give that a little point one, a little bit more. I'm gonna go bump it up a little bit. Yeah, more. you know when you're you're <laughs> in between the half marks. You know there was there was something. Yep. It was if I'd have gave it just a three point five, that would make sense of like I just popped that out of my head. But no, I sat and thought about this. Like uh, that is my feeling after watching it a few times. And then I think I sat in there and watched like I don't know half of it when you watched it. Watched this movie too many fucking times. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see this one aging like wine and just being better every. I could see was, the second time, the second time being better because you know what's going on, so you know like certain things to look for. And but I, I don't know about a third time. I it was know. it the was score's going to change. It was after. on when we started recording. This. <laughs> it's on right next to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said it on for a fourth time. <laughs> I really like Ricky, man. Now you're just trying to justify your score. <laughs> it was Ricky. Ricky got it uh, three out of that three point six. So he's <laughs> he is uh, he's the point six for sure, and then the ending is the three. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I guess I'm up here. So I. Well, yep. You're the only one left. Well, you didn't really close close your sentence out with anything. You oh. just kind of stopped. Uh, um, yeah. So I'm going to say a 2.8 out okay. of 5. Okay. And so it's interesting. You said you gave it a 1.6 bump because of the ending. Mm-hmm. I gave it a 1.0 bump. So I had it. Without that ending, I have it at a 1.8 out of 5. <laughs> and you have it at a 2.0 out of 5. <laughs> Yeah, I did. But this is actually the out of the episodes we've done, the furthest apart on a movie mm. we've been. Yeah, still yeah. not not super far apart, point eight apart. But um, that's almost the whole point. <laughs> well, well, we we judged the ending a little. Like I thought it was a great ending too, but I didn't give it a one point six. Oh, bump. I think like, that's massive. I think it's one of the best endings. Uh, like, I think yeah. it. I think it is a good ending. But overall, I mean, definitely overall worth a watch. I'll say that. Definitely a ripoff of Friday the 13th. I'll also say that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'll give them a, a, a whole point for originality at the ending. But the whole rest of the movie, they don't get originality points. I mean, it takes place at a camp. Um, it's in the killer's perspective the whole time. Definitely a lot of. Original Friday the 13th uh, vibes. There's nothing really spectacular in most of the story until the end. Uh, the kills were really weak. Some of the weakest kills I've seen the in a movie. The kills are not, not great. 
However, on the plus side, the FX team made up for some of those weak kills with some really good dead body scenes. I thought the FX team that was brought in. was an FX team. <laughs> uh, no, so, somebody one. made like the body. Well, they obviously didn't get credited. They got dumped out like the, the guy who did his dick at the end. But uh, they mm-hmm. obviously didn't get credited. But like the... Uh, the the drowning body with the snake in the head, um, that's that was I had to have been an FX team like somebody, somebody who has no experience or or making the cast of her face and that. anyway yeah I, I thought they did a fantastic job of making up a little bit for some of the weak kills. Um, the acting was good from the main characters. I'll say that, and the ending the ending is just. You know, like I said, it'd be a 1.8 without the ending, but 2.8, I thought the ending was fantastic. If you took apart this ending or took took it out, I would never watch this movie again. <laughs> but with the ending, I would say I would watch it again. I would especially watch it if I was watching it with another big horror fan who did not know the ending. I would watch it to see somebody else's reaction to the ending. That's oh, how yeah. good the ending was. And Movies with really good endings, generally, that's that's how it is. You know, you want to see somebody else's reaction to see if it's similar to how how you reacted. Very good ending. Uh, overall, definitely worth a watch, especially if you like 80s slasher, Friday the 13th ripoff type movies. But I'll give them originality in the ending because I don't, I don't know if that's ever been done since... No, I'm surprised that it hasn't hasn't been done. And uh, after this, I, I mean, I don't know. Somebody's probably done it, but I haven't come across it yet. I at some point want to do the second one. Yeah, I agree. So the, sec- the, second, the second one, one. is uh, not really a who done it. It's just her grown up killing people. It's just her going to camp and just killing the shit out of everybody. So sounds kind of like Friday the Thirteenth. Part two. Yeah, I'm, I'm grown I'm, up. I'm with it. Killing people. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I'm definitely open to watching it and possibly doing an episode on it. But yeah, uh, so that's pretty much it for Sleepaway Camp. That's that's that. Uh, have you thought about what we're doing next? Yeah, I got a couple things to mind. Oh, so you ain't settled on anything? I've not no. solidified it yet. All right, I'm well, thinking possibly the visit. The the visit M Night Shyamalan or the Shyamalan. lodge, which is a newer movie, um, that's really good. Yeah, we'll see. We'll surprise you. Probably be one of those two movies. Huh? Well, we'll see what it is next. And um, safe camping. Yeah, <laughs> we need more. We need more murder camping movies. We need new murder camping movies. They've stopped making them for some reason, but. But yeah, that's going to be it for us. That's it for Sleepaway Camp until we get to Sleepaway Camp 2. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time.